Hey, Louise's Bible study again. We left off talking about confession. And uh, we went to Romans 10, and it says that um, 10 and 9 and 10, but it also says in Romans 10, 5, that righteousness, which is of faith, speaks. Righteousness speaks, and it speaks through faith. What are we talking about here? You know, I don't. I think a lot of people don't have a clue what what righteousness means. They don't understand what it means to be righteous in God. The first time I ever heard that, I thought that was reserved for people like Paul and Peter and John. I thought the idea that I, as a Christian, am righteous was as bad as far far from the truth as you could get. And it doesn't have to do with anything that's going on in your flesh. It says over in Ephesians that you become the righteous of God in Christ Jesus the minute you're born again. Righteousness is right standing with God. That's basically what it means. Righteousness is having a right standing with God. And when you're given righteousness, you're given the attributes of God. You're given his character in your spirit man. You're been given the fruit of the spirit, which is God's character. And so you need to go over to Galatians and study what God's fruit of the spirit is, which we will talk about later. But righteousness speaks from the heart. And that's, uh, you know, we, I want to say something here. We, I said in my last segment that you can get caught up in works. And if you get caught up in the works of the law, it will never be enough. You will never do enough because Satan will always tell you you should do more. Man, I have found myself there more times than I want to think about because I have been under condemnation because I think, well, I sh- if I will do more, if I will, if I will spend more time in prayer, if I will spend all day just studying God's word, if I will do this, if I will do that, then somehow or another, that's going to move God. You know what? That doesn't move God. That just puts me in a position of condemnation because Satan is always going to tell you, yeah, but if you had just done a little more, this would not have happened. If you had done just a little more, and you see, it takes you out of the area of grace and puts you under the works of the law. Confession is not works. It's not if I say it enough, I will box God in and he will finally meet my needs. See, we're always wanting to do that. We're wanting to kind of just, we push and we push and we push and we think if we pray hard enough, if we confess hard enough, if we do this hard enough, it's going to move God. You know what God's moved by? God is moved by faith and faith alone. Um, God is not, confession doesn't change God. It changes you. You see, what you say out of your mouth is what's in your heart. But your heart also hears what comes out of your mouth. So you find, you know, you can locate yourself if you'll try. Because you will find yourself, it's like uh, being put in a squeeze. You know, when you're not being squeezed on, 
you can say all the right things, do all the right things, and act all the right ways. But when you get squeezed in a situation, when Satan puts the pressure on you, man, something will pop out of your mouth. An attitude will come forth, and people will go, whoa, where did that come from? And, you know, if you stop and examine yourself, you want to go, whoa, where did that come from, too? I didn't know that that was in my heart. I didn't know that I had that thinking. And so, you know, what you have to do is you have to you have to also examine what is coming out of your mouth and realize that that's locating you. You see, you can locate yourself spiritually just by the words that you speak. And uh, we can all, you know, pantomime back what the pastor has to say. But it's another thing when we get off, off into a situation and we find ourselves caught up in a situation and we say or act or do something that, that is not representative of what we're supposed to be like. And... Um, all that we do should be out of our heart of love toward God and and that we change to please him. See, God doesn't have to change you spiritually, but he wants you to change in your flesh. He wants you to take what's in your spirit, man, renew your mind to the word of God and take authority over your flesh because that's the battleground. The battleground is between your mind and your spirit and your flesh. And you're the only one that can, can, that can walk this out. Because God has done everything that he is going to, he has given you every weapon, every tool that you will ever need is at your disposal. But you're going to have to do it. You know, it's not trying to change God. But it is about changing ourselves. And we need to turn this thing around and look at it from a different perspective. Because I think so often we get caught up, whether we realize it or not, that we think that by just our constant confession, God is just going, oh, aren't they cool? Isn't that great? Well, they've said that enough times. I guess I will do it for them. That has, God is not moved by how many times you confess a situation. The confession is changing you. Let me give you an example. Fasting does not change God. It changes you. Tithing does not change God to move on your behalf. Tithing gets you in a position to receive the blessings he has been pouring out for you for a long time. See, it's all putting you in a position for you to receive his grace. Works is when you're trying to change God and get him on your side, but grace says, no, I receive God's blessings and out of love, I'm going to change my attitude and the way I act. Prayer does not change God, but it puts you in a position to receive from God what he has already done. You know, when I, when I first learned about prayer and got into prayer and started getting into God's presence, 
I began to see my spirit man change. I began to see my attitude change. I began to see a lot of things about me change just from being in the divine presence of my most holy father. It rubbed off on me. And you know, that same principle operates in the natural because the people you hang out with the most, you're going to become like them. So often we think, well, I'm going to hang out with this crowd and I'm going to change them. But what happens more than not is that they change you. And so if you hang out with God, you're going to begin to mimic his characteristics. You're going to take on his attitudes, his nature. And so um, confession builds our faith to receive from God. God's already moved on your behalf. He's got the answer. All confession is doing is getting you in a position to, to receive the answer. Um, this verse in uh, verse 6 of Romans uh, 5, this verse does not, uh, I mean 10, the verse doesn't say that faith uh, speaks. But that righteousness, which comes by faith, speaks. It's not me that changes things. It's righteousness in me that changes things. You know, I don't just need my righteousness to be in me. I need to uh, come. I need it to come out of me to change me and those around me. Jesus says, go into all the world and be a witness. He didn't tell you to do witnessing. See, that's, that's the difference. That's where we get into works as opposed to the, to the spirit realm. Because you see, work says, I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do witnessing. I'm going to witness, witness, witness. No, he said to be a witness. What does that mean? That's a lifestyle. That's living out your life before others. And we don't oftentimes like to do that. We would rather read them the scriptures and tell them what they need to do and walk away. But you know the best way to win somebody to the Lord? Hang around with them long enough to be their friend and let them see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because your actions and how you deal with difficult situations speak so much louder than the words that you say. We know that today. My gosh, we've got politicians saying words right and left. And, and we've come to the point we don't believe anybody. It's, it's what your lifestyle says. It's how you act in a pressured situation. When our house burned to the ground, my husband and I were walking around smiling and laughing. And I remember standing in Walmart in bedroom shoes and um, uh, I guess you would call it pajama bottoms and a t-shirt. That's all we had. That's all we had. Everything we had, it burned up just about. And we were filling up our grocery cart and somebody came and looked at me and I said, I'm sorry, I giggled. And I said, our house just burned down. And they looked at me and they said, oh, you're kidding. I said, no, 
our house just burned down. And they said, well, how can you be smiling? And I said, because God's got it covered. God's amazing grace came through, and it always has. He will always come through for you. And um, as I work out my righteousness, the sickness that is attacking me and the circumstances around me will be changed. You see, that changes the circumstances. Uh, righteousness of faith will change me in the flesh when it's spoken. That's what confession does. Speak your righteousness. When righteousness speaks out, it speaks against the enemy of it. Sin, sickness, poverty, depression, defeat, they're all enemies of us. God didn't call us to walk in these areas. He called us to be an overcomer in these areas. And so when you speak forth your righteousness, your right standing with God, you know, let me tell you something, guys. That's what that's what David did. Uh, you know, when David faced Goliath, he didn't have all this armor and uh, super things and a big army to back him up. He was standing there. Uh, with his sheep clothing on, his sandals, and um, a slingshot. And you know what he had, though? He had his right standing with God. He knew who he was in covenant with. We are going to do a teaching on covenant because it is sadly missing in the teaching to the body of Christ. Covenant is so important. But when you have a understand your covenant relationship with God, that you as a covenant partner have a right to call on him to come forth on your behalf. I'm going to tell you, there is nothing, there is nothing in this world that can defeat you. Because God is for you. Who, who can be against you? Um, the righteousness in God, that's your character. Um, it's says what God says. It speaks love, not hate. And so I'm going to stop here and pick up on our teaching again. We're um, What is love? And uh, we're going to look at the aspects of love because I want us to understand what God's character is and how we're supposed to mimic ourselves and who we're to follow after. And how do we overcome? How do we become an overcomer? I'm going to tell you, we overcome by the words of our mouth, by the faith in our heart and the words of our mouth, but we also overcome by our love walk. And this is why so many Christians are walking in defeat, because they don't walk in love. They don't really understand all the principles of your love walk. And the one of the reasons I think that we don't want to get into that area is because that's really crucifying our flesh. So I'm going to stop here and... I'm going to pick up tomorrow on starting a teaching on, I'm going to mix it in with our love walk, but I also want to start a teaching uh, leading up to Easter. And what really is Easter? What is the cross about? What really happened at the cross? Why did Jesus have to go and be hung on a cross? 
why did he have to go through the things that he went through? And so we're going to go back and we're actually going to study in the book of Exodus where God delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of Pharaoh. And I want you to realize that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the New Testament. So when you read the Old Testament, read it with an understanding. You know, when you read the New Testament, you will have a better understanding of the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is a type and shadow of what God has already done. So I love every one of you. I hope you've enjoyed these sessions. And we will get back with you tomorrow. Bye-bye.